0: Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. Spring has sprung. It's 70 degrees outside today in Dresden, and the flowers are springing up. So what better text to discuss than Heinrich Heines' Du bist wie eine Blume. Mirko Roszkowski leads us through this text, talking about the schwa and the upside-down A, the difference between the S-C-H and the C-H sounds, SH and sh and some cases where back-to-back T and D need to be clearly articulated. There are two versions of episode 93, the full video tutorial, or the audio version for people who prefer to listen to podcasts on the go. All of our video tutorials, along with their accompanying PDFs, which include IPA transcription, along with the poetic and word-for-word translations into several languages, are available either for individual sale or as part of a subscription. For more information on that, or about today's contributor, Mirko Roszkowski, please visit www.dictionpolice.com. You can also follow the Diction Police on Facebook or Twitter at Diction Police. Probably the most famous of Heinrich Heine's poems, Du bist wie eine Blume, has been set at least 388 times. According to his family, this poem was very personal for Heine and relates to an unrequited love that he had. Written probably in 1823 or twenty-four, it was published in Buch der Lieder in the cycle Die Heimkehr. Du
1: bist wie eine Blume. Du bist wie eine Blume, so hold und schön und rein. Ich schau dich an und Wehmut schleicht mir ins Herz hinein. Mir ist, als ob ich die Hände aufs Haupt dir legen sollt, betend, dass Gott dich erhalte, so rein und schön und hold.
0: I think first we need to talk about the German schwa, because in this song it seems as though they're almost put on display. <laughs> they're sort of at the ends of these phrases on, rather long notes, and we have to know how to handle a word like blume yeah, when even, it comes off of the beat. It's,
1: it's even in the, in the title, but um, it's blume, uh, it's this this open epsilon sound, blume.
0: Yes, yeah, so the schwa itself is actually not based on a uh or on ë. Uh. We don't want to round our lips around it.
1: Exactly. We want
0: something more with an ë eh in it that's short and unstressed.
1: Yes. I've, I've heard it uh, several times for, from English native speakers who, that it sounds more like an ah, bluma, No. Or bluma. Bluma, yeah. It's really meh. And once again in, in the next... Um,
0: in the second verse? In
1: the second verse... It's mir ist, als ob ich die Hände, exactly the same, Hände blume.
0: Exactly, you can almost say Hände, right? You can almost say the same vowel as you do for the first syllable of Hände.
1: Yes, it's the A-umlaut, the, uh, in this case it's Hände, but it's very yeah. short and uh, unstressed.
0: Exactly, and we get the same thing at the end of the third line of that verse too.
1: It's Erhalte.
0: So the question is, when it becomes long, how do we make sure that we sing? Uh, we really want to sing more halt, right? We want more of that eh uh, feeling to it. Yes. We have another form of the schwa, which is the upside down bright ah, yeah. but it's a schwa. It basically replaces an R.
1: That's it. It's uh, the very short but important word mir. It is possible to to roll the R at the end of of these words, but today we usually don't do that yeah and i'd even say it's not that good to do to do it because mm-hmm. it's too too much weight on that on that sound it's not necessary so it's mir so it's like abphasieren in within the word exactly it sort of mir. pulls
0: away the word itself pulls away from itself exactly. mir
1: mir mm-hmm. and of course in, in the next line aufs haupt dir the same thing.
0: Exactly. And even in the in a prefix we can have it too.
1: Yes. The next line, does Gott dich erhalte.
0: Exactly. So we don't want er erhalte. We want erhalte.
1: Mir, yeah. dir, erhalte.
0: Exactly. One of the difficult things about this is then it means that the word ends with a vowel. And if the next word starts with a vowel, any word in German that starts with a vowel needs space before the word before it. And if we have a word like mir basically instead of ending it with a r, with an r, we're ending it with a vowel and then we need a real glottal before the next word that starts with a vowel, right?
1: Otherwise we don't understand the word. Exactly. It's mir ist als ob. This is very hard line um because and even even more. Mir ist als ob ich die Hände. So we need a lot of glottals here. But it's absolutely necessary. If you do als ob ich, it's nothing. Right. We won't get the, the meaning of it.
0: It's not clear enough for the language.
1: Yeah, mir ist als ob ich die Hände. Of course, we uh, and then aufs Haupt. <laughs> of yeah,
0: exactly. Once again.
1: Um,
0: but the que- do do are all glottals equal? Are all are all glottals equally important, or should we do more in certain cases, and like, can we get away with a little less in certain cases?
1: We we have to find the the meaning of the uh, of the word, and there are definitely glottals that are more important than others, mm-hmm. because it would be so easy not to do the glottal yeah. mier ist, then we would roll the r in that case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if it was like that, but it's mir ist. We, we need the space, we need a real glottal there.
0: Yeah. And I would say the same thing anytime we have a separable prefix verb, when the prefix is at the end of the phrase, we also really need that glottal.
1: We have it in the word anschauen, which is separated here in, in the uh, third line. Ich schau dich an. So the an belongs to schau. And that's why we need a real glottal there, To make sure that the the combination, that the connection is still active. Ich schau dich an und Wehmut schleicht mir ins Herz hinein. Now this is, again, once again, this this, uh, connection. The
0: separable prefix verb?
1: Yeah. Because the
0: real verb, the real infinitive would be?
1: Hineinschleichen. Schleicht hinein.
0: So in in these senses, all of these prefixes then become very strong. It's not that we don't want to fall away at the end of the phrase. We actually want to go to the end of the phrase and make it strong.
1: Yeah, Ich schau dich an und Wehmut schleicht mir ins Herz hinein. So, schleicht hinein.
0: Exactly. Hineinschleichen. Yeah. This brought up two important things. The first thing is that in this phrase we have and so the CCD and the long squiggly s back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. and yeah. sometimes back to back.
1: Yeah. We have ich schau dich an.
0: And the important thing with this with the CCD, I think is to realize how far front that is.
1: It's completely in the front and and opposite to the achlaut, which we don't have in this piece, but it's ich schau dich an. Und Wehmut schleicht mir ins Herz hinein.
0: So we have schleicht. And we really need to take our time saying these sounds, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Schleicht. There are so many sounds and all of them are important. We cannot drop anything
0: of them. yeah so this is not like italian where we we want to sing mostly on vowels and just sort of drop consonances we really need the consonants to take up a lot of time as well
1: yeah completely yeah
0: yeah and having this Vimut directly before schleicht brings up another point that's not often discussed which is that this t at the end of Vimut becomes get is also right before a sh, along the long squiggly s the sh sound and because of that you you can actually connect them and make a ch, right?
1: Yeah, that's it. We have this uh, three times in this short poem. This time is um, even more more important because we we are at the end of the line. Ich schau dich an und Wehmut schleicht, Wehmut schleicht. So we have. We we lengthen the vowel. Mm-hmm. leicht
0: and then we say really ch basically. Yes. leicht
1: Yes. This is the, the perfect way for the legato, and we have this also in, in the second and in the last verse with unschön. So hold unschön. So we lengthen the un, and then schön t long long screen, the s sound.
0: Exactly. So. so we don't have to separate and say UNT SCHÖN, unt sh. Yeah. We actually connect the T-ESCH so that we end up with a CH.
1: Yeah. Und SCHÖN. WEMUT
0: And that's not the only case of T's getting connected to, to another consonant. Oftentimes, when we have a T at the end of the word and the next word starts with a D or a T, we can connect them. But in this piece, in the second verse, we have three cases where we probably don't want to connect them right
1: for me the rule is that that we have to connect them but there are exceptions when the word is very important or we have in in the music we have very much time
0: mm-hmm. or if it would be ununderstandable,
1: or of course of course it's, if it's un- understandable here it's the case that the words are short words which are Way easier to understand if we separate the sounds. Yeah. We have aufs Haupt dir legen sollt.
0: So we really fully release the T of Haupt. Yes. And then start a D.
1: Yes. Haupt dir, and again in the next line, several times <laughs> betend. Then there's a comma. That's why we have to separate it. Mm-hmm. Betend, dass Gott dich erhalte. So the word gott is always very important in every and language we, in every language <laughs> and um, we we really need to get that and we have to separate the word because it's very short and very important
0: and actually in this sense dich is also important that that god holds you
1: yeah you're completely right and haupt dir legen so. we could discuss about it but i'd really suggest to divide the sounds here.
0: Yeah. The difference between closed and open O in German is huge. And in my experience, these two vowels have a tendency to morph into one middle-of-the-road vowel, rather than specifically finding a real closed and a real open sound. The German closed O is, as I like to say, super closed. OO. The lips must be really rounded, and the vowel is as close to an oo as you can get without actually singing oo. So. The open o, on the other hand, will feel very much like the word awe in English. Halt, got, op. Be sure that when these sounds come back to back in the words,
1: so, halt,
0: that you're really making the distinction between a very closed and a very open vowel. And this closed O is also the second sound of the AU diphthong. Diphthongs in English tend to go to an open vowel. So in house, we say this with H, bright A, open O, open U, and S. But German diphthongs go to a closed vowel H, bright A, closed O, S. As you learn this song, pay special attention that the diphthongs to the words Schau, Aufs Haupt, really go from the bright A to the closed O. This is also true of the diphthong that sounds like I. In English, we would say my light, and the diphthong is bright A to open I. In German, this diphthong goes to the closed lowercase e, E, which is just as crazy closed as the O was. Eine, rein, schleicht. When looking at this text, one word that seems to jump out is If the subject of the poem is so lovely, why does this make the protagonist melancholy? One possible explanation is that he can't have her. The fact that in the second verse he wants to place his hands on her head suggests that this love will not be a passionate one. Remember that Heine's love was unrequited. As in many of Heine's poems, this one reminds us that sometimes love can go no further, and that that thought brings melancholy.
1: Du bist wie eine Blume, so hold und schön und rein. Ich schau dich an. Und Wehmut schleicht mir ins Herz hinein. Mir ist, als ob ich die Hände aufs Haupt dir legen sollt, Betend, dass Gott dich erhalte, so rein und schön und hold.
0: This interview with Mirko Roszkowski was conducted by Ellen Rissinger. Phonetic transcription by Ellen Rissinger and François Germain. This has been the Diction Police Special Diction Unit, a production of Singing Diction G.B.R.